Music is powerful, isn't it? We, we sang these words tonight. Uh, Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Fill me with power divine. Kindle a flame of love and zeal within this heart of mine. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. My stubborn will subdue. And we do have stubbornness in us, don't we? No. Teach me in words of living flame what Christ would have me do. Teach me in words of living flame what Christ would have me do. May these things be very real to us. I want to talk tonight about, about music. And uh, uh, boy, with, with our computers, with our, our, our smartphones, those are little windows uh, into what the rest of the world is doing. And uh, we want to be very cautious about those things. Um, this church does this. This oh, over there, the world says this is the new kind of worship. This, this is, and we want to, again, parents, uh, we, we don't want to assume anything. I don't know what my kid has access to. I assume they're doing right with what they do have access to. No assumptions. It's not a matter of trusting or not. Um, they're a sinner just like you are. And uh, uh, we, we, we've got to protect them. I was, uh, this was, I read this this week. This is from an article, December 7th, uh, 2023. New Mexico joins 31 other states in suing social media companies on child safety issues. So it's not just preachers that are telling you that there's dangers lurking on the smartphone. Uh, there are states trying to sue because children are not safe. And don't, again, if the world sees it, so much more ought we to see it. Uh, he says, uh, um, this is from uh, PJ Media. Um, the following is excerpt, uh, excerpted from uh, the PJ Media. And he says, almost every day of my life, it seems like I have some new reason to think that I am the best dad in the world for keeping my kids off of Facebook and Instagram. And today is another one of those days. Investigators in... Uh-oh. They shut me down. Investigators in New Mexico created a fake account for a seventh grade girl named Isa B., so again, so investigators created a, a fake account of this little seventh grade girl to see what would happen to her profile. Uh, complete with AI-generated uh, photos of her, she quickly attracted thousands of adult followers who deluged her with uh, invitations to, to join private chat groups and improper uh, content uh, featuring both children and adults. Um, with allegedly no safeguards in place to prevent child exploitation. Uh, it goes on, um, and so they're suing because Facebook and Instagram have become a marketplace for predators in search of children upon whom to prey. Um, platforms that have enabled dozens of adults to find, contact, press children into providing improper pictures, and participate in pornographic video, um, and it goes on. Uh, and uh, I, again, just 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 a, a warning, uh, another warning that uh, again you well, well my, my kid has to learn, my kid has to learn, um, and you do, but uh, but but 
not at the rate that our kids tell us what's acceptable now. They'll say, uh, and so I'm hearing that, that children have access to this now, so if you're going to be the right kind of dad, you're going to have to give me, ah, no, you don't tell me the timetable that this world has given you. Uh, uh, I'm going to protect you from those things. I don't care what your friends are telling you, and I don't care what you're hearing. Uh, the access that people have to, to whomever, we have to watch those windows. Um, we have to limit the conversation our children are able to have. Again, I, I sure wish that Eve would have said, hey, Adam, I'm going to go over and, and chat with that serpent, that tree over there. I'm curious. And I wish that the Bible said that he said, uh, no, let's not go over there and have a conversation with the devil. Uh, and, well, she needs to learn some, at some point, you know, how to stand up for what she believes or whatever it is, whatever weird reasoning. And so the, the devil's lurking. The devil's lurking, and we need some moms and dads that will say, you're not going to go have a conversation with the devil. And we need some young people to say, I trust my mom and dad. I trust my mom and dad. They're not enemy number one because they don't want you having a conversation with the devil at the tree over there. Um, so, again, uh, tonight I want to talk about a bunch of things. Um, it'll kind of center around music some. And uh, I, I, I want, parents, I want you to be extra careful about what music your children have access to. I want you to be extra thoughtful about what music you're playing in your homes. Um, and we're just going to talk about some of that tonight. So uh, 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16, you can go there. I'll, I'll, I'll mention a few things as we get into this. Parents, Make sure you know what music your kids are listening to. It's very important. Uh, sometimes I feel like we're fighting an, an uphill battle for the hearts of our young people because the music they are hooked on is telling them the world is cool. And you voted me in to tell them it wasn't. Right? One of the reasons you voted me in was for me to tell the church the world is not cool. The world is not your friend. But so, so limit the music they have access to that's telling them the world is cool. It very much is saying a different message. Don't sabotage me and what, what I need to say. I want to say those things because that's why you voted me in. And more importantly, God wants me to say those things. This world is not cool. I heard a story recently about a, a man who was trying to get up to the North Pole. And somehow by his records, no, no matter, he, he was walking toward the North Pole, but, but he, was, uh, he was getting further from it. And he's like, how is that even possible? But I, I, I guess, uh, I don't know the whole story, but I, I heard it. It was kind of interesting. I guess he was on a massive ice shelf that was floating away from the North Pole faster than he was walking toward it. <laughs> and I feel like uh, sometimes uh, we, we, we have this place we're trying to be and this world around us is shifting so fast and we find ourselves attached somewhat to this world around us and we're getting further from the place we're supposed to be. This world is sliding so quickly toward evil and filth. And even this, I, th 
what I just read to you, that this is states. This is states that are like, listen, it's dangerous. And then our young people say, but it's, it'll be different for me. I, I'll, I'll be safe playing with that fire. Oh, my friend, uh, let's be wise and, and cautious. Let's protect our precious young ones. Protect our homes. Stand for what is right. Keep purity and holiness in your homes. Um, my, my father was saved later in life. I, I told you some of the stories where he, he went off. He was drafted to go into Vietnam. And, and, uh, and, uh, and so he praised the Lord. Somebody preached to the troops and he got saved, and he came back. And I remember hearing in church, you know, uh, hearing a type of music in church, hearing some preaching on music in church, and then Dad would sometimes, you know, turn on the, the easy listening on <laughs> AM 700. I, I still remember it. And you're like, oh, that's not, you know, and then he'd just kind of play it. You know, it just, it, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't awful, but, I, but I, in my little mind, I knew that's different. That's different. Um, and, and, and you, you kind of sit forward a little bit, like, what, what makes it different? And why is it different? And you're tuned in a little bit more. And, and then it's, in your mind, you're like, uh, wow, the church teaches one thing, but, but are we different? Dad apparently is okay with, and I, it didn't happen all the time. And I think dad grew and, and, and we had, we, we, we heard that less and less, but I, I remember those, those times where it's like, oh my, the, the church preaches one thing. I hear one thing in the church, but are we different in our home? And you, don't, you, you can listen to different things in your home, but be cautious that your children are, well, we agree with certain things, but not the music. Do your children think you agree with the music that they hear here? Do they? Be cautious about those things. Bible warns in Proverbs 19, verse 17, stolen waters are sweet. Again, just to hear or see or be a part of something that you know you're not supposed to be, there's extra intrigue there. Um, and again, it's just sometimes it's just practical things. You know, Dr. Vogelin has the, the high school choir, and he's like, listen, these, these vocal techniques... I'm trying to clean up these vocal techniques uh, for, for the sake of us singing in church. Uh, where are you hearing these vocal techniques that I'm trying to clean up so we can sing in church? Where are you hearing these things that I've got to work to clean up so we can sing in church? Where are you hearing these things? Parents know those things. Be on top of this area. And then the wrong music is everywhere. You, you, you forget to be cautious, right? I, I've mentioned that before where you're in the car and your kids are little and you have some uh, talk show or whatever and, and then the commercial comes on and the kids, oh, that's bad, right, Dad, right, that's bad, oh. You're like, yes, yes, it is. And uh, that sensitivity that they have when they're little, cultivate that, protect it. Um, so anyway, they, they say, if you want to get yourself in trouble, preach on dress and, and music. So here we go. Here we go. Um, first Samuel 16 verses 14 through 23. 
1 Samuel 16, verses 14 through 23. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Those are sad words. This, this isn't just a fairy tale. This is, this is an awful time. The Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servants said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well. Bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning and playing, and a mighty valiant man, and a man of war, prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Wow. He just, he's good on a heart, plus, 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 plus. That's a, that's a pretty impressive list. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David, his son, unto Jesse. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an harp and played with his hands. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Uh, I, I remember years ago, Brother Leek and, and, and some others, we, we enjoy going to Westville Prison and uh, preaching to, to the men there. We, we enjoyed it, and, 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 and years ago we were in GSC, uh, and, and I think we were having 45, 55 men in there. Uh, and so we had this, this room. And, and I think somebody mentioned to us one time, they're like, you know, it's only the, the first third of the men that are here to actually hear from God. The, the back two-thirds of the room, are, they, they come to get together and plan their first crime that they'll do when they leave. And you're like, oh, well, that's good to know. You know, and, and, and you just, you, you could sense the wrong spirit coming in as the men would come in. They're not looking to hear from the Lord. And I remember I, I, I would play, we had a little electric piano in there, and I would play the, the hymns. And I could, and, and as they were coming in, we would play, I would play a, a prelude. And I remember thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play just special songs, just especially about the blood. You know, if there's any, I don't know what, what weird evil spirits are coming in, but I want them uncomfortable. I want them running away. I want them fleeing. I want this room clear of, of, of evil spirits, except for like this, I mean, well, and we want to clear out the spirits they bring with them as well, the spirits of depression and anxiety and all those. I want the devil to say, I'm getting out of there. And in this story, there was a music that was played that caused the, the, the spirit to, to flee away. Uh, what, what does it say? Again, David took an harp and played with his hands, so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. And we don't know everything about what that evil spirit was, but the right kind of music came, and that spirit went away, and I liked it. I liked the thought of that. So I would, I would play the songs, I'm like, Lord, uh, the, uh, I, I, these songs, 
The hymns of faith, hymns about the preciousness of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and the deity of the Son of God. I want to play these things and I want the devil uncomfortable and fleeing away. And Lord, do a work as your word is opened and preached in just a little bit. Um, boy, uh, it was real to me. Is, is it real to you, the, the, the music that you have around you? Ah, it's no big deal. It should be a big deal. There's music that the devil's comfortable around. There's music the devil's uncomfortable around. Do you surround your life with the music the devil is uncomfortable around? I highly recommend it. There were uh, three things, and it'll take me tonight and next Sunday night to get through them. But there was, there was a request for a gifted musician. There was a request for a gifted musician. They said, let, let us find someone to play for you that will be soothing. You're troubled. And he said, do it. Find somebody that plays well. There was a request for a gifted musician. Then one of the servants came and said, I know just the guy. There is a, 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 one of the sons of Jesse, a Bethlehemite. He, he, he's skilled, and then he has a long list of other things. And then at the end he says, and the Lord is with him. He's skilled and spiritual. Well, we weren't necessarily even looking for somebody spiritual, just somebody that could play and could soothe me a little bit. But okay, I guess spiritual might not be so bad either, especially since everybody knew where the evil spirit had come from. Well, look at that. So there was reports of a godly musician, and then we see the results of godly music. The evil spirit departed, uh, among other things. But the request for a gifted musician, reports of a godly musician, and the results of godly music. So we'll get through just, just that first one tonight, the request for a gifted musician. We'll, we'll look next week at kind of, kind of David coming on the scene. This week we'll look at Saul a bit more. He wanted that, that music. So let's go back through uh, these and, and I'll stop. So you're there in 1 Samuel 16. Let's go back through those verses and I'll make comments as we go through. Well, let's pray before we do it. What kind of music causes evil spirits to depart? Lord, I do pray that you'd be with us as we look at, at, at these words. And I, I pray, Lord, you'd open our hearts. Give me liberty, Lord. Uh, help me to say the things that you would have for your church here tonight. Uh, Lord, uh, help us in this area. Lord, music matters to you. And sometimes uh, uh, we gauge music on, on what it does for me, not how pleasing it is to you, oh God. Help us to be constantly at war uh, with apathy in this area. And I ask these things in Christ's precious name, amen. All right, so let's go slowly through these verses and make some comments. 1 Samuel 16, verse 14. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. This word trouble uh, has the idea of greatly terrified. And we know that, that Saul was so messed up that later on he, he throws a javelin at his own boy. 
And again, we'd laugh. We're like, have you met my son? I can understand. Okay, I get it. But that's pretty messed up. Later on in chapter 22, he's going to order the over 80 priests are murdered. Murdered. Saul was messed up. An evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. He was greatly terrified, perplexed in mind by sudden fear. And Saul's servants said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Isn't that amazing? It was the servants that told Saul where the evil spirit was from. Saul's servants said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. The, spirits, uh, the servants knew where the trouble was from. Boy, do people around you know more about you than you think? Do your kids see more in your life than you realize? What was this evil spirit? You know, we don't know for sure if it was a, an inner anguish, a spirit of depression. We don't know if uh, how much of it was satanic and an oppression. We don't know exactly what, what this evil spirit was. But it was messing him up. In the previous chapter, uh, in chapter 15... He had sacrificed, he's, he's disobedient with the Amalekites. He's making sacrifice before Samuel gets there. Um, he finds out that God says, You've re- you are so disobedient. You have rejected what God wants and God is going to reject you. All of that, when you're disobedient, it brings anguish into your life. To be troubled by God was indeed an awful curse. Isaiah 48, 22. There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. If he were not king and he were alive today, they would either medicate him or commit him to an asylum for his erratic unpredictable and intolerable behavior. When you drive the spirit of peace away, you become prey for a different kind of spirit. Let me say that again. When you drive the very spirit of peace away because of arrogance and disobedience, you become prey to a different kind of spirit. His was a spirit of rebellion disobedience. I'll serve God my way. I'll sacrifice my way. He felt entitled to worship with the worship that pleased him. Samuel was supposed to come and and, and do the sacrificing, but saw, well, I'm important enough to worship how I choose. Boy, if that's not the definition of worship nowadays. I am entitled to worship in a way that I choose, that's pleasing to me. I can be rebellious and arrogant, and I can call something worship, and I'm entitled to define what that means. That is the emerging church spirit of today. That is the spirit of this elevation style 
worship that's popular nowadays and that's reaching out for our kids and trying to tell them this is what worship looks like nowadays. That's the worship of Saul. Verse 16. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp and it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. So the servants are like, listen, you're miserable, there's trouble in your life, there's an evil spirit from the Lord, what you need is soothing music. And that irritates me. Because when you're sinning and there's anguish because of sin, you don't need soothing. You need someone to say, what you need to do is get right with God. He had advisors that came to him. By the way, we're going to have advisors too. Uh, Parents, you're going to be tempted. Your heart goes out to your children and your children are doing what's wrong and and somebody say, that is wrong and and you're going to, no, they need some soothing right now. They need some understanding. They, They need somebody to say, listen, God is sending trouble into your life because there's rebellion there. And the trouble doesn't have to be there. But you're going to have to get right with God. These advisors, these neo-evangelicals. Hey, there's a book in the, in, the, in the Christian bookstore down the road. 101 ways to soothe a person that's troubled by their sin. There's one solution. When you're troubled because of sin. When there are Samuels in your life that have been saying, listen, you've done wrong. You can't do this. And you say, well, forget you. When you turn your back on the Samuels in your life and you worship however you choose and the spirit of God departs and the spirit of trouble comes in, we don't need soothing. I don't know. These, 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 these servants were saying, find somebody that's good at playing music. And bring him in. Now, isn't it interesting? They rec- Music's powerful. Music is powerful. What you need is calm music that tells you everything is okay. Or whatever it is. Um, and we know, I, I, I've heard that. I've heard that. Uh, Mr. Raymond and I talking to a, a, a fellow that, that was like, man, I, 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 I was having just an awful day. And things were going miserably. And, and I was about to go and turn on my, my jams, my, my tunes, so that they could tell me everything was fine. But God did this and this, and I ended up in church instead. Music is one of those things that can tell you everything is fine. It can be one of those false preachers, like in the Old Testament, that could say, peace, peace, where there is no peace. Maybe these advisors wanted uh, him to calm down a little bit for their sake because he seems so erratic who knows when the javelins start flying maybe it's one of them that will be in view the bible says his servants plural the group knew 
where the trouble was coming from. Their recommendation was simply soothing music, a sensual remedy rather than a spiritual one. Boy, the world is full of those. Isn't it interesting? Uh, nowadays we say, well, medicine has found that music can... No, they, they knew all the way back then the power of music to, to tell you everything's okay. Now, I like a song that says living by faith because God's on the throne. As a believer, if you're doing right, sometimes anxiety comes in and you're like, listen, you don't have to be anxious because God's on the throne. Oh, that's soothing. But that's a true message that's soothing. Not, you're not right with God and there's trouble entering your life, but it's okay. It isn't okay. Verse 17, Saul said unto his servants, plural again, yeah, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Well, he loved that idea. Something to make me feel better. I could get right or I could continue doing wrong and just feel better about it? I'll take that. That's my kind of worship music. Something that will counteract what God is doing in my life. Matthew chapter 7 talks about the broad way. And there's a, a, there's a broad way worship music that is out there that is designed to counteract what God wants to do in your life not to point you to the one that can help you with the issues of your life. Verse 18. Then answered one of the servants. The majority of the servants thought, yeah, we need to find some music to calm you down. And one of them said, I, I, I know a guy. He's cunning. He's skilled with music. And he lists a bunch of other things. And... Most importantly, he, he, he's, he's close to God. You don't need soothing music that will counteract what God is doing. You need spiritual music that will say, listen, you've got to get back to him and get right. But we sang that message tonight, didn't we? Holy Spirit, breathe on me. My stubborn will subdue. Teach me in words of living flame what Christ would have me do. And we didn't pound and rock and, and jam it out because we wanted to make sure those words had a chance of coming through. The music is nice as it elevates and embraces the message of turning your eyes upon Christ letting the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. There is a music out there that will soothe. Oh, I just feel so good when I turn this on. Yeah, there is that music. But a lot of it is, it's designed to counteract what God is trying to do. He's sending trouble to your soul because he loves you and he wants you to get right. But you don't have, I have other ways of getting, God can get rid of the trouble when you get right. Or you can find the world has a thousand ways to bury the trouble in your soul that God has sent to turn you back to himself. One servant, he lists a bunch of qualities. 
Uh, and, and we'll look at those next week. The servant said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. He's cunning and playing, and a mighty valiant man. And again, that's really interesting, huh? He hasn't killed Goliath yet. What's so mighty and valiant about him? Um, but, but again, anyway, that's exciting. A mighty valiant man. And, and so, and, in other words, listen, this guy that plays music, if you're going to bring him in and he's going to be close to you, he's going to influence you because music's powerful. So this person that you're going to bring close to you, that's going to play music for you, music is very, very powerful. He will be influential. So let me tell you some things that you need to know about somebody you're going to let to be close to you. Pastor Olson preached a message a while ago. He said, listen, I, I like that. Can I tell you about the life of the person? Here the servant said, listen, you're going to bring in this musician. He's going to play music. He's going to be highly influential on you. There are some things that, that we want to know about this person. I know just the guy. Because among other things, he's close to God. And a man of war. <laughs> and again, like the guy who watches sheep, how's he a man of war? We'll, we'll get into that next week. Come back. Prudent in matters. Isn't that fun? You, got, you want somebody near the royal court? You want somebody that's prudent in matters. And a comely person. There's an attractiveness about it. And the Lord is with him. Verse 19. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David his son unto Saul. So we'll look at that too next week. Uh, Jesse uh, gave gifts to David to give to the king. He gifted his son. We'll, we'll look at that idea next week as well. David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass that the evil spirit, uh, that when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that, that David took an harp and played with his hands, so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. It seems that God allowed for more comfort than just fleshly refreshment. Um, here was spiritual music that actually, that actually helped him uh, mentally and physically and spiritually. But it wasn't lasting. The problems would come back because Saul wouldn't get right. What kind of music drives evil spirits away? All right, so uh, the request for a gifted musician. We'll get through that tonight. He wanted a, a man cunning on the harp, a man that could play well. And again, verse 15, it's interesting. Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Uh, then in verse 16 it says, It shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. So we, we noticed that Saul was miserable. He didn't have to be miserable. He could have just lived a life that was pleasing to God, and the misery would have gone away. But it's like, uh, is, there, is there a different, is there an alternative thing that I can do? 
And we human beings, <laughs> we, we like to explore all the alternatives except for the one we should take. Some people are miserable in this world because they just don't know God. Even more miserable is the person who knows better. But in their rebellion and their arrogance, they have sent him away. And often, if, with the pattern of Saul, they'll lash out at the people that are actually doing right. Later on, he's going to throw a javelin at David. He's, he's going to execute, he's, he's going to tell Doeg, the Edomite, to, to go ahead and murder. And, and over 80 priests at Nob will be killed in 1 Samuel 22. The servants recognized the power of music to soothe and to settle. Music is very powerful. So these government advisors, <laughs> they're surrounding King David there. And they remind us of government advisors today, huh? Uh, they're, they're looking for better harps instead of better hearts. The problem was a spiritual one. And all they had were secular remedies. We look at this country around us, don't we? The answers to the needs of this country are almighty God. Boy, the advisors that will say, we, we need to try this, we need to do this, and all these secular remedies, they're not working. The ghetto slums, well, we'll tear them down and build new. Delinquent youths, uh, well, let's find something to, for them to do at midnight. Uh, midnight basketball. <laughs> immorality, oh, immorality brings danger. Let's teach them how to be immoral with less danger. And, and then we can press abortion so that they can sin without the consequences of responsibility. That's the solution our country's coming up with. Foolishness. Like the little boy whose mouth is full of cavities. And the dentist says, well, son, you're going to have to brush more and eat less sugar. Mommy, that man's being cruel to me. Let's find somebody that will tell you that you can eat all the cookies you want. And that will help to wash away the awful things this mean dentist has to say. And don't amen there. I'm trying to make a point. It's obvious with a dentist, but sometimes when it comes to a, a, a preacher, we want them that will help me to be happier, not healthier. The man that will say, listen, eat less cookies and brush more. Yeah, away with you. I'm going to find a different preacher, one that will focus on me being happy, not necessarily me being healthy. Sure, they'll mention Jesus as they rock it out to soothe your conscience just a bit. Well, it's huge out there, but, but God still has his remnant, that narrow way, worship. And it will never be popular with this world. Not this side of Christ's return. It will never be popular so young person, as you, I think my parents are nuts. I look on here. I hear from this person that worship looks like this now. That worship that the world is comfortable with is not pleasing to God at all. Oh, for an advisor. <laughs> Listen, there's a trouble from God. You need soothing music. No, he didn't. 
Oh, for the advisor. Uh, you know, we, we think of Naaman, right? Naaman. He had an advisor. He had a servant, didn't he? A man of character that would say, listen, king, you're upset about dipping in the river, but why don't you just do it? Just try doing what you're supposed to do. Not disobey and we'll find some way to soothe you out of it. Boy, he was glad to have an advisor that would tell him, just dip in the river. How hard is it? Obedience is quite easy. Where's the advisor that would say, well, you have no peace because you are at odds with the God of peace. And there's one way to fix it and only one. Stop being at odds with the God of peace. Do right. Call Samuel. Instead of avoiding him, get him in here and say, listen, I will listen to my spiritual authority. But that's not a popular message out there. The world has a, a worship music that fits the rebellion and arrogance of the Sauls. Listen, and you say, well, this wasn't worship music. They knew that he was spiritually tormented and they recommended music. A music that would help with spiritual torment. They knew he was, so you, I, I think that it, that this was the world's worship music. We can see that some. A soothing this world has a worship music that fits the rebellion and arrogance of the Sauls. Boy, the, the Sauls that, that know what is right, they just aren't interested. Or they prefer their own definition of what is right. Boy, I, I've, we've interacted with some Sauls down through the years. They'll tell you till they're blue in the face how much they love God, but they will not listen to the Samuels in their life. They reject what they were taught from the Bible. They join in with the broad way worship. Saul worshiped in his own way. Yes, he admitted his sin, but that was just to restore appearances as quickly as possible. There was no repentance. He said that in 1 Samuel 15, 30. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now. I pray thee before the elders of my people and before Israel and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord thy God. Uh, okay, whatever. I, I did wrong. Um, it's kind of embarrassing. What can we do to make me feel less embarrassed? It was all a show to him. What? Troubles? The, the cares of your soul are weighing heavily upon you? Well, there's a way to delight the senses in such a way that will seem to alleviate those disturbances of the soul. I don't need my senses delighted. I need a clean soul. But one servant knew just the guy. One servant, one out of those servants said, listen, I, I know a guy. And again, that's amazing. How in the world did this servant know of David on the backside of a, you know, field out there somewhere and know all these things. And again, let's talk about that for just a minute. Isn't it fun that if God wants you to be noticed on the backside of a shepherd field, you will be? 
Isn't that fun? That I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. One servant knew just the guy. Not only was this fellow skilled, but he was spiritual too. So we see here in this story that, that what was going to open this door for David, uh, among other things, God opened the door because, uh, be, be, well, because of being honoring to him and, and God and his providence doing all these things. But here they needed somebody that, that was good on an instrument. Isn't it interesting? In this story, music uh, was part of what opened a door. I'm glad that my children learned some music at, in this church. Well, I, I was so glad to see those little kids up here singing for the Christmas concert night. It, 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 it amazes my wife and me when our kids will start singing and harmonizing together because I know we're both musical, <laughs> but, we, but that's not us. We don't, we're not at home, you know, like, okay, training session. Uh, they're, they're, getting a, they're getting a lot from Christian school right here. And I'm glad that they learn and, and, and teachers that, listen, put in some time. Get, get your time in. Uh, discipline yourself to get this time in. Music was going to open a door for David. And as it turned out, there was an invaluable leadership training as well. Now, Proverbs 22:29 says, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. David is a good example of this, isn't he? He was diligent in his business and uh, he was noticed and he stood before kings. Young person, you, you, you might think, ah, this is a waste of my time as you just sit there and, and practice your instrument. But those things, those, those talents, you say, this is my break. This is supposed to be leisure time. I'm supposed to be vegetating. <laughs> And my parents have me reading and, and, and practicing and, and, or whatever it is. And it's nice to relax. Oh, I love to relax. And we did some relaxing, a lot of relaxing. Oh, it was great. But seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. Let's teach our kids to work hard. Let's teach them to be diligent in their business. Do you want them to have opportunities like this? I think the Bible is indicating that we should. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. If we can teach our kids to work hard and who they do the work for, all the opportunities our kids will be presented with. I was listening to a message by Pastor Allison um, and he, he was talking about kids with uh, disabilities, with education. And it was interesting. I, I, he said, uh, um, listen, disability is not necessarily inability. Often it's the person with a disability that learns to work harder in a certain area. And that uh, can, can discipline them. They can carry that discipline with them into life, and it's that very discipline that God ends up using in a powerful way in their life so that the disability becomes a great blessing in disguise when they look to the Lord. Lord, how do I overcome this thing? And the disciplines that become necessary, those are what they carry in life to make them su successful. Parents, 
Don't allow excuses to crop up. Well, my, my child can't go forward for God because they have this. No! Don't do it! Don't look at that verse, seest thou man diligent in his business, and say, well, that's for other children. God took my kid off that list. No, he didn't. Teach your children how to be diligent in their business. God knows what he's doing. Help the child to grow in this area. Learn diligence. God is pleased with it. Then, then Pastor Allison went on. He said, uh, he, he talked about a time when he, there, there was some, um, some special needs children that got up and quoted scripture for over 30 minutes from memory. <laughs> and he goes, I know people talk about, uh, well, I, it, it, I can't memorize. And he goes, we can all memorize. Sure. It certainly is harder for some than for others, but we can all memorize. It was just interesting to hear some of those things. How does a shepherd out in a field have any possibility of social advancement? David did. He lived a life that was pleasing to God and God noticed. And when God notices, he makes sure the right person notices as well. You can trust God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 16, 9, about the eyes of the Lord that run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for that person whose heart is perfect toward him so that God can be strong on their behalf. There's no field on the backside of wherever that God won't notice you if you will live a life that's pleasing to him. Just be diligent for the Lord and trust him to promote you in due time. Proverbs 15.3, right? The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. What about Joseph? Joseph, how am I ever going to be noticed in a jail cell? He was, wasn't he? God took notice of a Joseph in a jail cell. And pretty soon he found himself in the palace. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. But God is saying, when you will live a life day in and day out that honors me, I notice. And I need you to have the faith to say, that's all that matters. Because if you know, notice God, you'll make sure the right person notices in your time. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Proverbs eighteen sixteen: A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. There's no need to pull strings. We don't need a Rebecca helping a Jacob uh, by deceiving dad, right? We don't need to manipulate so we get ahead in this life. We don't need to connive. How will my child get anywhere? If he's not working right now and, and mommy isn't helping him develop a, a network of connections. How does your child get ahead? Teach him how to live a God-honoring life. 
And when you decide you've got to do God's work and you pull strings and connive and all those things, oh, it's frightening when you try to do God's work because you're not nearly as good at it as he is. What did David say? David wrote Psalm 37. David, how did you get noticed? How do you go from being in the shepherd's field to in the palace? Psalm 37, 5. Well, commit thy way unto the Lord, and he shall bring it to pass. God can make you get noticed when the time comes for you to be noticed. I, I think of our Bible college. I want right people to notice our Bible college. I think about it. It's like, well, all right, we, we, we spend money to train uh, an ensemble and, and put fuel in the, in the, the van and, and send out one of our men. And we, we try to go out there and, and get noticed. And I believe we, we send out mailings. And, and yes, I think God certainly wants us to do our part. But might it be that we have a God-honoring church and Bible college here? And if God looks down and said, that church is serious about training people for his ministry. Those teachers are serious about being close to God. Those, 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 those pastors, they're serious. God will take notice. And listen, if God notices, that's all the blessing we need. Instead of conniving and contriving, David spent time preparing. And we'll look at more of that next week. Even though he was stuck on the backside of some field. One of Saul's servants noticed him. At just the right time. God can be trusted. God wanted David, the future king, to have the heart of a shepherd, but also to know some of the inner workings of the court. God providentially put all of that together. He is truly amazing and completely wonderful. God is in charge. Only fools oppose him. How does music Drive evil spirits away. Music's powerful. God brought in David, and it's interesting. This whole account is, is so very interesting. There's more we'll look at next week. I, I, I worked with jolly 60s and, and people who are, are up in years, and and I've seen a lot of people, Bradleys, we've seen a lot of people pass, haven't we? Um, there's a time where we're, we're going to work to try to save them. We're going to work to try to save them. And there, there comes a time where the, the medical professionals say, we're not going to work to save them anymore. We're going to shift the focus and we're going to be more palliative. No longer are we trying to cure them we're trying to keep them comfortable as they near those final moments. We have the cure and we have comfort. There comes a time when, when, when somebody is uh, leaving 
this earth, we, we, there, there's no more chance for a cure. God's timing is approaching. Let's just keep them comfortable. Palliative care. And sometimes the divine physician comes and says, listen, there's a mass of sin in your life. And I need, to, I, I need to cure it, if you'll let me. And then somebody else comes up along the side and says, listen, his cure might involve uh, some, uh, some uh, it might be chemotherapy, it might be surgery, it, 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 it might be uncomfortable for a while, his cure. I offer comfort instead. The devil, he, there's no cure at all. He jumps right to the palliative. And he says, I will keep you comfortable. Well, thank you. You're my friend. Yes. What a friend. I'll keep you comfortable on your way to death. Comfortable on your way to death. Listen, you're... There's anguish. There's sin. God is not pleased with you. There's no peace. And there's trouble in your soul. You know what? You need soothing music. The devil has a thousand ways to keep you comfortable. No cure. But to keep you comfortable on the way to death. Now when God comes and says, listen, there's, we're going to have to do some surgery there might, be, there might be some chemotherapy. There might be this. There might be that. And, and for a while, oh, this is hard. I know, but the cure is worth it. And I'm not talking salvation. Salvation, there's no process. He saves, but sometimes to root some of that stuff out, some of that baggage in our life, sometimes that takes a while. And God says, listen, I want to get that out. And the devil says, I'll, I'll give away with comfort. I want the cure from God. The world's worship will keep you comfortable on the way to death. And God says, listen, I want to help you with a cure. I want to help you. And all the tears, we've heard testimonies, haven't we? When somebody says, hey, I had, I had cancer, and I went through this, and I went through that, and, and God graciously cured me. It went through a time, the treatments were hard, and this and that, and, and, and a tear comes down. Oh, it was hard at times, but the cure was worth it. And when God comes and says, listen, I want to help you. The cure isn't always easy, but it's always best. It is always best. Devil will come in as an angel of light and say, let's take this path instead. I'll keep you comfortable on your way to death. Oh, God, grant us the wisdom to say, Absolutely not. God's way for me and no other.